I'm going to read the passage today. Uh, I'm going to uh, study, starting from today, I'm going to study on book of 1 Peter. So wherever you all stand, I'm going to read the passage from 1 Peter chapter 1. It's going to be kind of a lengthy passage, uh, chapter 1, 1 through 12. <clears throat> Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout the Pont- Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the full knowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, for obedience to, of, obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by his blood, grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to, the, to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into living hope, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into the inheritance that can never perish, spot of faith kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perished even though refined by fire, may be proved genuinely and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible uh, and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the suffering of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that have not been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look into these things. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Uh, Welcome uh, on-site, online. Uh, this is Sunday, Lord's Day. Uh, we're here to worship the Lord, and it's time for us to receive the word of the Lord. Are you discouraged is the title that I titled today. Some of you may know Philip Yancey. He is the, one of the Christian authors. He wrote, uh, wrote a book called uh, Disappointment with God. There was a book, in, in not all the books, or some of the books, or most of the books, they have a dedication part, right? In his dedication, this is how he wrote. Uh, for my brother who is still disappointed. I don't know if he's talking about his own brother, biological brother, or bro- brothers in general, but that really touched me for my brother who is still disappointed. In life, we have disappointments, right? Uh, we have disappointment to ourselves, to others, uh, sometimes to even God. Though we know it's not God's fault, but we need to have someone to blame on. And we got Discouragement and disappointed. Disappointment. Let me ask this question. Are you disappointed today? Are you discouraged today? What is the reason if you are disappointed today? I pray that 
God may lift you up today as we worship our service today. We got disappointment, not because we are somewhat weird or we abnormal, but it is more of natural phenomena. It is, a, uh, I would say, universal matter. Every one of us get disappointments time to time. But did you know this severe disease called disappointment can lead you to the point of death? If we don't handle, manage it well, this discouragement can lead us into death. The first Peter, the first Peter, book of first Peter was written to the scattered church in Asia Minor. It was a general letter. That's why it was written, we call it first Peter. First Peter was, he wrote the letter to the many churches out there. And they were about to uh, face trials, persecutions, even to the death. And I, I guess Peter was, God was preparing them through Paul, through this first Peter, how to face discouragement, disappointment in life. So according to New Testament scholars, this letter was written around AD 64 because Emperor, Roman Emperor Nero, uh, he set the fire. The reason he set the fire was he wanted to write the poem. And he, he needs some inspiration. That's why he set the fire. And looking at the fire of Rome, he wanted to write a letter. And he blamed. He was the one who set the fire, but he wanted to blame on Christians. And from that moment, early church brothers and sisters in Christ, they were facing persecutions and hardships. At this setting, Peter was writing this letter. And this letter was written in 2,000 years ago, but I think it's still a very relevant message for all of us, especially as we go through this pandemic era. I think God wants us to encourage us. So let's hear from Paul if you are disappointed due to the hardship in your life. Let me share three points. We are God's chosen people. We have to remember, when you especially go through these suffering times, disappointing time, we have to remember that we are chosen people no matter what circumstance that we are in. Verse 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, God's elect. Notice the expression, God's elect. You are saved not by an accident. God chose you before the creation. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Yes, God chose us before the, before the creation. It wasn't you who struggle, who work hard to be saved, but it was the work of the Holy Spirit. It was the work of God. Uh, that's what Peter said in verse 2. Who have been chosen according to the full knowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by this blood, grace and peace be your abundance. You, you see the trinity of God here, right? In this one passage, there's the God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. According to the full knowledge of God the Father, from the God's point of view, you were chosen before the creation. And notice the expression, through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, from the Holy Spirit point of view, Holy Spirit inspired us, right? Stimulated us so that we can profess our faith, you know, to Jesus Christ. It was the work of the Holy Spirit. Notice the expression, for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by the blood. From Jesus' point of view, he sacrificed for us. So, whose product are you? You are a product of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? God chose you. We have to remember that, especially when you go through discouragement, times of 
disappointment. Do you think you deserve to be saved by God? Not at all. We are not. But why did God choose you to be his children? If we ask that question, he's gonna, I know he's, what, he, what he's going to answer. He's going to say like this. Why, God, why did you choose me as a child? You know, this is his own answer. Just because. Then he paused. You know, I often ask the you know, teenagers, why did you do that? They say, just because. And I'm expecting the answer, but they just pause there. Just because. What? I think God is saying like that. It is mysterious. It is mystery. But fact is that he chose you. That's why you are here. Isn't that amazing? It is an amazing fact. We are chosen by God. Verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. If we are discouraged today, disappointed today, I want you to hold on to the truth. He loves you so much. He sacrificed for you. He has given his life for you. Because the pandemic, uh, some of us, uh, actually many of our KM, <laughs> lost their jobs, their businesses having emotional and financial challenges and discouraged. But if that is you, I want you to hear this message from Jesus. This is what Jesus would say, no matter what happens, I will always love you. He's the God who gave everything for us. And he is still the same God who is loving us so much. Second uh, point I want to make is God is working in our lives. Not only God chose us, but he is working in our lives. Whether you feel it or know it, he is working in your life. He's, he never stopped working in your life. Isn't it amazing? The moment we gave our life to Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God began to dwell in us, and He is the Spirit is constantly making us, molding us to be like His Son, Jesus Christ. He never stopped working in our lives. Isn't that amazing? And verse 2, again, uh, I like the expression, the sanctifying work of the Spirit. God is molding us. God is changing us. Sanctifying us. He is making us to be like his son, Jesus Christ. If God isn't working, nothing can be done. So we are a product of God's working hands. There was a guy named uh, Srosch. I don't know what kind of name is that, but Srosch, he's from England. Uh, he's a British guy. And he was in and out of the prison for over 40 years. No one could change him. Yet one day, he had a chance to stay at the dormitory run by uh, Salvation Army Mission Center. And he met a Christian brother, and he heard the gospel message, and he became a follower of Jesus Christ. And he served 18 years in Salvation Army for ex-prisoners. And this is what he said, 40 years of imprisonment couldn't change me, but Christ changed me within one or two minutes. <laughs> Who is the one who changes us, change people? It is the work of the Holy Spirit. Verse seven here, these have come so they your faith, or greater work than gold, which perish even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. In order for us to have, in order for you to have a, the finest, the pure gold, 
you have to hit up with intense hit. I mean, intensity with the hit, so that the filthiness may come up, and you can take out this filthiness out of it. Filthiness out, and that's how you refine the finest gold. But our faith is more precious than gold, right? More precious than gold. Do you feel pressure this day? Do you feel heat up? Maybe God is trying to do something in our lives. Maybe God is molding us, making us, changing us to be like his son, Jesus Christ. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us eternal glory that is far outweighed them all. When you compare our momentary sufferings and compare the eternal glory we want to receive, I mean, there's no comparison, right? Last point, God has secured our future. Verse 4, and into an inheritance that can never perish, sport of faith kept in heaven for you. What is Peter talking about here in this passage? He is talking about eternal life, our inheritance in heaven. God has given us this eternal life, and no one can take away from us, right? You have the assurance of the salvation, right? I mean, God has given this to us. Nobody can take away. One day, grasshopper, and they fly, uh, they play together. It was getting dark, so grasshopper uh, suggested they fly. It's getting late, uh, so let's get together tomorrow and play again. They fly, only lives one day, right? So he didn't understand the concept of the tomorrow. So he asked, what is it tomorrow? Glasshopper tried to explain, when you sleep tonight, you will face tomorrow. But they fly couldn't understand this concept. One day, these grasshoppers and the frog, and they play together almost a year. F- frog suggests to grasshopper, let's get together next year and play again. Now, Grasshopper didn't understand the concept of next year. So he asked, what is next year? If I ask you about eternal life, I hope and pray you don't say, Pastor Ken, what is eternal life? What is eternal life? This is what Jesus said through John. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And This life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who does not have son of God does not have life. If you have Jesus Christ in your heart, that means you have eternal life, right? Eternal life is the life that you will live forever, but that life begins in yourself, in this place with Jesus Christ. Eternal life is Jesus Christ. And this Jesus is who gives us eternal life is the one who holds our future our lives and no one can take away I like this passage uh, well known passage John 10, 28, 29 I give them eternal life this is what Jesus I give them eternal life Jesus Christ gave us eternal life amen yes he did and they shall never perish no one can snatch them out of my, fa- out of my hand my father who has given them to me is greater than all no one can Snatch them out of Father's hand. Are you discouraged today? Uh, if you are, hold on to this promise. We have our inheritance 
in heaven. You know, we can lose our jobs, businesses, our health, our loved ones. But there's one thing that we cannot lose. That is our Lord Jesus Christ. Because he, the moment he gave our life to Christ, he began to live in us. He's not going to leave you even if you become very disobedient to him. We do make mistakes time to time, right? He never leaves you, forsake you. Uh, verse 6, verse 5, first, but let me skip 5 and 6. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have suffered grief in all kinds of trials. Jesus is saying, don't worry. Instead, rejoice. You will face hardship in this life, this place, but don't lose your heart because you have reward waiting for you in heaven. I, I thought about reward a lot last week as I was actually preparing message for our KM and early morning prayer. My heart was like, I mean, God kind of touched me and I was overwhelmed by the fact that God's going to remember what these people, what God's people did for the Lord. That really encouraged me. You know, like many of your parents, they really... Uh, gave, gave, gave to the Lord and for the mission and all that. And they're going through a tough time these days. And, and I was very encouraged, but just, just back to note, you know, that God is going to remember their deeds, their, their works for the Lord. And he's going to reward that in heaven. Let me conclude my message. God chose us, he saved us to be his family members. It wasn't our efforts, right? We call it salvation. And this is our past. You know, Jesus Christ died for us. And we crucified together with Christ. That is our past. We call it justification. We're justified by faith. We didn't do anything, but God just, you know, uh, he just chose us to be his children. We call it justification. And Holy Spirit working in our lives. He's molding us. We call it just sanctification. And one day, we'll be glorified. Right? I believe in that. Glorification. We call it glorification. Justified by faith, God's working in our life as sanctifying us and we're going to be meeting Jesus Christ face to face. We call it glorification. You know what? Even though this journey right now is dark, don't get discouraged. You'll, God's going to secure your future. He's going to take care of your life because he's the Lord of Lords and King of Kings in our lives. Amen? Have a great, wonderful week. Let's pray together. Lord, life is difficult. And we go through hardship. As we go through hardship, Father, help us to remember that we are your children, that we are your God's chosen ones. And Lord, uh, because you are our Lord and Savior, you will continue to work in our lives. You are going to change us and make us to be like your son, Jesus Christ. Help us to know that our future is secure. That's, that's why we can boldly praise and worship you no matter what. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.